0: This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Welcome back. Welcome back to Wharton Moneyball. Two hours of Sports Analytics live every Wednesday morning, 8 to 10 Eastern. You can join the conversation, one wharton That's 844-942-7866. Kate Massey, hosting this morning with the whole crew, Eric Bradlow, Audie Weiner, Shane Jensen. Jump in here and join us if you'd like. You can also email us if you want to. Businessradio at SiriusXM.com. Businessradio at SiriusXM.com. You can follow us on Twitter. We're especially active on Wednesday mornings, Tuesdays, to let you know what's going on, but also throughout the week, our handle at WMoneyball. At WMoneyball. We are rolling into the part of the show where we have some guests this half hour and next half hour. We are delighted and honored in this half hour to have Adam kingsbury join us adam is the head coach for the canadian women's curling team they happen to be the world champions and the odds on favorites to win olympic gold in just one month so adam welcome to the show
1: thank you so much for having me
0: adam we're delighted to have you where are you calling in from this morning
1: i'm uh, calling from ottawa ontario up in canada
0: all right we appreciate you making the making the time for us we want to hear about what's going on with your team. We, we we talk, we do. You might be surprised, but we talk about curling on the show. We've had a curling guest on the show before. We were talking about it just in the last couple of weeks, and we're all, when we talked about Olympic sports, we were looking forward to It's one of the sports that came up. We can't fully explain our enthusiasm, but we have enthusiasm. <laughs> so we're, we're glad you're here. But then we just learned when we started digging that you're not just the Canadian curling coach, but also you're an analytics fan. And so... Yeah you're gonna to bring together a couple of our enthusiasms here appreciate you taking the time
1: well I'm uh, really excited to talk about this area uh, a lot of the times um, people uh, I try to I try to kind of simplify it again but I think with this audience and with uh, the panel that you guys have, we can kind of get into the nitty gritty a bit.
0: Adam, we can for on the analytics side. I'm not sure we can on the curling side. That's the challenge. So why don't you give us like a curling primer, like curling 101 for audience members who who aren't as familiar with it as you are?
1: Yeah, certainly. So I think when you when you watch the game on TV, especially if you pick up a game um, throughout the middle, it, it seems like it's quite difficult, but it but it's actually relatively simple if we uh, learn just a few basic rules. So A game is played over 10 ends. Each team has four players who uh, throw two rocks per end, alternating with their opponents. Now, simply put, the goal is to have more of your stones closer to the button, the the middle of the ice, than your opposition does at the end of um, the end. Now, the the one thing that's confusing to some people is that the only rocks that count are the ones that are closest. So let's say, uh, I have a team and I'm playing against you guys. If I have one that's just uh, close to the middle uh, and you guys have one that's maybe an inch further away, but all of the other 16 rocks are in play, the only one that counts is the one that's closest.
2: Right. So This, yeah, this accept- is similar to bot. I've played yeah. bocce before. It's similar to, well, H-horses, and... Horseshoes, washers. Is, yeah, that is, you okay. know, it's the closest in wins. Mm-hmm. And if you have two closer than the other one, you get two points as opposed to them. Mm-hmm. You nailed it.
0: Okay. So uh, in, can you give us one more kind of background? What makes a good curling? Is it player? What, what, what makes one good at curling?
1: Yeah. So it, it's, um, it's such an, uh, it's an amazing game because it requires so many different skill sets. So um, one of the things that these uh, high-level athletes do is that they're so talented and they're, they're quite strong um, athletically so, you need good balance. But um, so I come from a golf background, and um, the two sports themselves are, are remarkably similar. So,
0: that's surprising.
1: The ability, yeah, well, the, the ability to stay uh, in balance, the ability to adjust um, your touch, uh, to have good vision, to um, make little subtle adjustments on the fly. Um, and, you know, so our climate in Canada, uh, we have six months of really um, hot. Summers and six months of just uh, apocalyptic winters. So, <laughs> the, yeah, the the sports themselves are um, they're a very good um, anecdote for each other.
0: Oh, golf, golf, and golf and curling, right? Yeah. So, did you? My my understanding is curling is almost a social pursuit in Canada, not just Canada, but northern states in the U.S. So, did you grow up curling competitively, or was all of your competitive sport golf? And if yeah, not. So, playing competitively were you socially doing a lot of curling and where did you grow up
1: Uh, so I actually grew up um, most of my most of my life in Ottawa so um, I grew up um, so throughout my university uh, tenure I actually played uh, competitive golf so we don't have uh, eligibility um, limitations like you do down in the US So I actually played uh, for 11 seasons now our um, our golf is not at the level of uh, NCAA and all of our greatest golfers usually go down and um, get scholarships uh, down south. Um, but curling is, is a sport that I've always played uh, recreationally, and really only really only got into um, studying the game the last uh, four years. Um, prior to that, I've been most of my research um, for my uh, doctoral dissertation has been um, looking at the putting stroke uh, under. Social pressure. So, uh, I'm a soft quant is the way that I describe it. Um,
0: what is a soft quant?
1: A soft quant? Well, I mean, so I I do multi-level modeling and, um, and, and I know that, uh, there are certainly experts, uh, statistically, um, who would be far more knowledgeable in terms of, uh, methodologies used. Um, but when you're in the behavioral sciences, what we're really looking at is how can we explain kind of human phenomena, um, with a little more of a rigorous approach rather than just using our gut to uh, make our decisions,
0: so we could talk for the next hour with you about that topic, and maybe we'll have you back on to talk about it but and, and maybe we'll have time at the end to get come back to it. but can you tell us how you're applying those methods and those questions to your curling team?
1: yeah, certainly so curling is a is a sport that that seems it's tailor made for an analytical approach, but the truth is, is that um, we are uh, I'm not going to say archaic, but we're just at this infancy um, for the questions that could be asked. So right now, a lot of the analysis is based on win expectancy and uh, scoreboard analysis. So um, again, you could scrape the internet for um, every historic game played, and you can start to get an understanding of, well, um, when this team has uh, this, uh, lead, or if this team is down by this many points with uh, this these number of ends remaining, what is the likelihood of winning? Sure. But, I mean, again, uh, so win expectancy is one of those um, metrics that there's so many um, issues that, that come with it. So what I've tried to do is um, take it one step further and look at the shot-by-shot shot or the within-end um, performance to see if we can kind of tease out that win expectancy a little bit. Right. Um, and I guess with, with the team that I'm working with specifically, um, really using, um, just a rigorous, uh, data collection protocol to, to inform practice. So if there's, um, a number of things that we could work on as a team, uh, why would we be practicing the things that we're already good at? And more importantly, why would we be practicing the shots that we might only see one, two, three right. times in a, in an event? So, um, it's been a pet project for me. And, uh, but we, we really um, do gain a lot of insight if we just ask the right question.
0: Got it. So we're talking to Adam Kingsbury. Adam is head coach of the Canadian Olympic women's curling team. This is the the current world champion team and the favorite going into the Olympics. Adam has a background in golf and, and, and he's studying for his PhD in analytics and human behavior, applying that to his team. You're talking about, making a special use of this in your training but i think we need to better understand yet what you're talking about when you're looking at analytics and within the, an end so are you you know spatial analytics is a big deal right now are you are you observing where the where the are they rocks where the stones where the rocks are, where the yeah. rocks are like i suppose that's a big deal right so you could look at the point expectancy given the Distribution of the rocks is that is that is that the kind of thing you're doing or what is it exactly that you're looking at when you're trying to come up with what you should be practicing?
1: Well, I just I, I love that you mentioned that, and um, so I, I certainly know in NBA when we look at um, you know three point conversion rate, and, um, uh, certainly in uh, soccer there's a lot of spatial analytics done, and and I think that this right now um, the over the next quadrennial um, that that's really where we're going to go. So. Am I collecting that data for uh, my team? Absolutely, but the truth is, is that we just need. Um, I guess we need the technology. We need the uh, the infrastructure set up in place um, to be able to collect large um, uh, volumes of data here for this. So again, what we call is um, it's called shot tolerance. So the the skip will put the broom down and say, "All right, I want you to place this rock right in this position here." Now. Um, what people might not be aware of is that the the shots themselves are scored subjectively by um, statistical volunteers who come to the events on a zero to four point scale. So hmm. four is the shot is made as called zero is a, a complete miss. And then one, two, three is uh, somewhere in between. So a lot of the players, however, there's this prevailing uh, mentality that the statistics associated with this game are useless or not nearly as meaningful as they can be um, and that's based on a lot of anecdotal experience saying well um, you know there's a 90 year old volunteer who scored uh, this draw as a hit so we don't pay attention to that mm-hmm. I, I think you know again I'm preaching to the choir here but that's such a it's such a pivotal mistake that is made if you don't understand truly um, all of the amazing things that we can use the data for so, um, the spatial analysis is, is something that I think um, there's a lot of opportunity. Um, but truth be told, what we're looking at, uh, for me personally, would be end-by-end um, end performance. So if we have a player who is, let's say, an 85% shooter across the board, but yet in end 3, 4, and 5, they're 72%, um, is that because we're calling a specific shot that's more difficult is it because their energy levels are dipping? Was it um, an emotional outburst? Was there an interaction with a teammate that might have uh, caused them to lose their focus a bit? So when I talk about the behavior analytics, it's um, it's always using performance as our um, as our main focus, and then asking the relevant questions and seeing whether or not they're related to performance.
3: When you talk about performance, as kind of, I, I, so I, I can totally understand using this sort of scoring scheme to judge performance of individual players and maybe assess their strengths and weaknesses for specific shots. I would think that there's also an analytical game sort of on the strategy side, like, like in terms of determining what type of shot one should have at, at a particular moment in an end. You know, should, should you be, you know, throwing up another guard stone or should you be you know actually attacking the opponent's guard stones at this point um how much of the analytics is kind of focused on on kind of the i guess the shot calling as opposed to the actual performance of the shot once it's called
1: yeah i i'd say very much so and that's a great point so um what i always like to say is let's just assume we're going to play 10 ends so if you're up by uh, a number of points a lot of the times uh, as you mentioned this game is rooted it's a very social game it's uh Um, it's predicated on etiquette and respect for your opponent and self-policing, very similar to golf. Um, But let's assume that we're going to play 10 and um, you're going to win every game by giving your skip um, a shot for the win in the 10th end. So now working backwards from that, um, you can just do simple scoreboard math. So if we start the game with with last rock and we take two points, then we force our opponent to one then our opponent forces us to one and so forth. You can quickly kind of do some um, crude probability calculations about how risky do we want to be. So the great thing about curling is that you can score multiple points, but to do so, you have to junk it up, so to speak. So the more rocks that are in play, the more um, chance there is for you to score multiple points, but at the same time... um, greater the likelihood of you giving up a big steal. So uh, great skips and great teams are constantly aware of this uh, delicate balance between risk versus reward. And um, decision-making training, um, it's all about on the fly being able to make those calculations and uh, I, th- I think you nailed it. So um, we're working on that stuff all the time, but right now there really isn't a, a concrete uh, guide, so to speak, on what is the what are the best
2: decisions to be made so adam this is eric brother i have first i have two questions let me start with the first one um you mentioned about scoring each uh throw between zero and four what's the if you'd like the standard error of accuracy like if you say i want the i want the stone to end up in this place is it six inches a foot can you just give us an idea of like how accurate can you get something to a particular location that you want
1: yeah so so and that's a great question um so some people, uh, there's a number of uh, iPad um, software programs that that some coaches are using to to score a shot, and um, they come up with tolerance guides, right? So they would say the elite players um, within a rock probably each way would be considered acceptable. Um, if we were scoring beginners, maybe that uh, tolerance would uh, increase a little bit. But the truth is, is that. Um, there are a number of acceptable misses. There are some that are just absolutely um, dead zones. So the key is great teams understand, well, we're going to call for the shot to be, let's say, on the top of the eight-foot circle. Um, and it could be anywhere from the eight-foot, the 12-foot. It could be a guard. But if this rock travels even um three feet uh, past where we've called it. It's in a very difficult spot. Mm. And again, that that's something that we just call uh, competitive IQ, and that's where the experience of playing the game um, really um, kicks in for a lot of these players. So um, if we can see part of what I'm trying to do is how can we understand this game from a research and just curiosity perspective, and then how can we use some of these techniques that we know are... Um, Valuable in so many different areas, um, and use that to kind of help better decision making. And um, is there anything that we can do to scout opponents, etc.? So, I mean, the again the. The uh, applications are so varied, and it's uh, just exciting work.
0: We're talking to Adam Kingsbury. Adam is head coach of the Canadian Olympic Women's Curling Team, current world champions, and favorite in the Olympics next month. One clarifying question: We're talking about the, the the player who who throws the rock, but there's also a sweeping action, so they have some responsibility for where this thing ends up, too, right?
1: Very much so. And and what's great about sweeping is that so if you so for all those who uh, don't really know anything about curling, but certainly it's one of those sports that in the Olympics you watch it and there, there's a lot of excitement around it. So um, a thrower is, is um, so the skip will put the broom down and the person throwing the rock is, is obviously trying to um, release it directly at the broom. Now, there's always going to be an error, whether it's you know uh, an inch or two uh, tight or an inch or two wide is what we call it. But a uh, a really good sweeping tandem can know that it's uh, tight. And if they start sweeping right away and depending on where they sweep, they can actually correct that um, Mm -hmm. trajectory a little bit. Now that's for those kind of up hit weights, we call it. Now, when it comes to uh, the touch shots, so the draws, the guards, um, if you have a strong athletic sweepers, the thrower can always throw it a bit light. And the sweepers can drag it. The one thing you don't want to do as a, as a shooter is throw it and take your sweepers completely out of it because the weight was too, um, it was too up. So um, as you can quickly see, there's so many different things that, that can be considered here. Uh, and it's exciting.
4: So I'm a very casual uh, observer of curling every four years when it comes on the Olympics perhaps and and is and you've it held out some tantalizing measures that might make the game more interesting to a viewer who doesn't really know what's going on uh, if there's a way to score every play is there a way to produce if you will a batting average for a, a curler or a sweeper that allow me to kind of judge oh this person is is a hall of fame level is there any of that in in this is it coming um and um and and how would you construct such a thing if if it if it's possible
1: uh yeah so i would say um, if we look at the game historically, I mean, every shot that's ever been thrown, uh, we know that there is, um, there are historical performances. So we know that a team uh, more or less, if they can curl approximately 85% over an event, um, they're, they're going to win a lot of events. Now we can look at that between the men's game, the women's game. Um, and while we have,
3: just just to kind clarify, to come up with that eighty five percent, you you basically somehow take this score, this zero to four scoring, and basically make it binary. You know, every shot is considered either a, a make or a miss.
1: Yeah, you nailed it. And um, so, but because there are so many different shots that one could play, uh, players could um, have you know they could be a phenomenal uh, hitter, um, or they could be really uh, good at drawing, especially late in games. Um, But the truth is, is that we just don't have data sets. We just don't have that information. So I think, you know, sports like MLB, uh, NHL, the Shotlink data set on the PGA Tour is something that's just really incredible. Um, But in curling, we we don't have that information. And unless teams are collecting it themselves, um, there's just a a huge opportunity. And I I really think that this will be pushed by um, enhancing viewer experience, right? All the greatest... um, uh, technological advancements are usually done because the, um, the the networks will invest a little bit in the infrastructure. So um, I, I just think that, yeah, this is a game that we can... It, it's, it's great to watch at home on TV and um, if we could you know, add some of those numbers for the the casual viewer. We can get people more excited about the game, and we can just uh, make it more enjoyable in general.
4: Have you approached, um, like, Crossover? A crossover is a company founded a few years back by a Penn graduate to uh, basically to, to film amateur basketball, and he's now a gigantic company. A company. was just recently purchased by a major company. I think ESPN may have bought it. It'd be a great thing to have for curling, and basically, it you takes you send them the video and they score it. I mean, you have to train them, and and it's relatively inexpensive, and then you can put online all this data. He produces databases, and and it just rolls from there. Have you thought about moving in that direction?
1: Well, no, Ben. That's why I have conversations with with um, people like yourself, because honestly, I like I said, I I'm, I'm here as the coach and. Uh, You know, there are far smarter people than I from a technological um, standpoint or a methodological standpoint who who just kind of know these things. So, um, like I said, we're at our we're at the infancy here. And uh, but but you're right. I think that there's probably a really simple solution to a lot of the things that I'm mentioning here.
2: So, Adam, just one last question: Is there strategy? Like we were talking about strategy for football in the first half hour of our show today. Like, are you aggressive early, conservative late, or is there anything? Is there any general principles about strategy?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, the the big thing, and I think it's always been done in curling, is that um, as I as I mentioned, there's 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 scoreboard analysis. So, one of the uh, the playbooks on on our team, and it's it's not, uh, and I'm happy to share this. Because um, it's not a big deal. But uh, if our team, for example, starts with hammer and then we blank the first dance. Now, for those um, casual listeners, you can score points. But if you can manage. Adam, let me
0: jump in real quick because we're going to run out of time. We have less. We have about a minute, less than a minute. So we're not going to be able to go into as much detail on strategy as we would like to do. You have a lot to say about this sport. We have a ton of questions for you and the golf thing. I think we're going to have to have you back at some time, maybe on the other side of the Olympics, hear about the experience, and we can talk in more detail about some of the analytics you're doing and would like to do.
1: I would love that. Honestly, I think we could talk about this for uh, all morning, actually.
0: Good fun, good fun. Adam Kingsbury, appreciate you taking the time to be with us this morning.
1: It, It was a pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me.
0: All right. That was Adam Kingsbury. He's head coach of the Canadian Olympic women's curling team. They are the current world champions. And they are the favorites heading into next month's Olympics in South Korea. Adam Kingsbury was calling in from Ottawa this morning. That has been the first half of Wharton Money, but we still have another half to go. Two full quarters. Come back and join us after the break. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.